You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, good morning, welcome, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Saturday morning live, 24th of September 2022. It's 10am. I am Kayyum Rashid. I'm joined by my brother Usman Bhatt. With you with Saturday Morning Live, we would love to hear from you on 02086. What's the number? 678 7878. 687. Oh, God. What's happened? One COVID jab. Oh, my God. You've had one COVID jab. You took the words out of my mouth. I said, I had my COVID jab. And I've lost my memory. It's 687 7878. Uh, you can join us on uh, at Voice of Islam UK. We're going to be talking about later on in the day, in about half hour, 40 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about and discussing uh, a peaceful city, a multicultural city, a diverse city, which is known for its diversity, which is known for the bridges built by communities over the decades um, um, being brought to to turmoil. We're going to be talking about Leicester. We're going to be talking about the riots that involved... Um, Indian, Pakistanis, um, um, some people are calling it Hindus against Muslims against Sikhs. Um, Mainstream media is having a field day with it. Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about why. We're going to be talking about why it should not happen. We're going to be talking about how, um, what's the way forward. Um, And we're going to be talking about extremism um, because it seems that that was part and parcel um, of one of some of the reasons um, that these riots uh, supposedly started. But that's going to be around 10.30, 10.40. We would love to hear your views on this. We would love to hear what your perspective is. So it's 0208 um, Or you can um, join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Good morning, Brother Usman. How are you this morning? Peace be on you. Assalamu alaikum. May peace and blessings be upon you and all of our listeners. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Always good, always good. As you said, uh, you um, know, the, the the COVID thing is, you see, the COVID jab and the flu jab, I think the government kind of wanted to say, let's get it done in one go. So I had mm. them both at the same time. No, what, I think it's your what, age bracket. What that's, they, oh, listen, they're listen, going okay, to... Okay, let me clarify something. This is Generation X. <laughs> you are my guest here. All right, you Generation Y. Um, you know, you <laughs> you know, know why they call you Generation Y? Why is that? Why? <laughs> that's why... <laughs> you know, that's why your generation you know, called... Everybody just You says, know one thing why? I've decided after today, I'm never going to quit. When you say to me, look, I need to go get my glasses. <laughs> I'm never going to question that again because today you were on the way to the studio. You, for some reason, weren't here on time and I called you said, oh, I forgot my glasses. Today I realised within one minute of the show, never questions Kuyung if he says he's forgotten his glasses because God, it's called age, brother. It's called wisdom. I left my wisdom at home. I'm blind without my glasses. I would not be able to see you. It's so crazy that COVID. um, It's still around. It's still around, but it's not that old. But yet we're kind of moved on. We're not really. really, We have moved on, but uh, I think people have got. You know, it's still if infecting people. People still are going into hospitals. Um, the percentages are, of course, minuscule compared to when yeah. we were in the pandemic. But there is that still element of care. And it's not just care. I mean, young people, of course, you know, people, you know, in your daily routine, you forget. But yeah. you still need to remember people who are vulnerable, people, uh, people of age, over 75s mm. especially. Yeah. They're still at risk. Yep. You know they are being um, they're being given they're being called out on uh, 
Um, because because of the the fourth, this is a booster jab. This is number four, I think. Yeah. So people are being called out, and after the, the all over seventy fives have been dealt with, then they're dealing with people with the who have medical conditions. Hence, why I am I am in it. I wonder if this is going to be like a permanent thing, though. Yeah, it, it looks like it will be an annual thing. It looks like it, um, uh, because it, it's kind of becoming the norm. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> I, I still say to people, look, carry on doing what we were doing. Um, you know, do keep your distance. Um, do kind of, you know, I still don't shake hands. To me, it's like, it, I, you know, it's, it's still the, the fist bump. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the gel's still in the car. It's, it's just there. It's become a habit. Yeah. You know, um, after everything, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm sounding OCD here. I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 I remember before, prior to COVID, I always used to... Because I had friends who had their gel prior to COVID. And as soon as they'll shake someone's hand in the car straight away, I was like, that's so rude. The guy, you shook the guy's hand, he's watching you. But now it makes so much sense. It's like, oh, yeah, now it's, you shouldn't wait at all. You should uh, Look, be very careful. Being precaution, taking precautions is, is the smart way of doing it. Because as I said, it's not that. The, the thing is, the number of casualties has decreased next to none. But it's still there. But it can still you can still get it, and it still means you you will have a few days of fever, pain. Yeah. Why would you want to put yourself through that? Yeah. You know what I mean. So um, I I I always talk about it. Look, um, it 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 became a habit. You know, wash your hands. Mm. Um, I still I mean I look. We just had the the. Um, the Amdiya Muslim Youth Association had their annual gatherings, Amdiya Muslim Elders Association and the, the Ladies Auxiliary Organizations, they all had their annual gatherings. Standard, wear a mask. Hmm. Um, so th- those precautions, His Holiness has, has kind of been giving us guidance to say, look, there's no harm in, 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 in still pursuing these basic safety guidelines. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and Islam, look, 50% of Islam is faith. Isn't that what they say? So, fifty um, percent uh, of uh, of uh, hygiene. Sorry, fifty percent of so cleanliness is half of your faith. There you go. So you couldn't have said it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, li- I like the fact that um, I mean, it's a choice at the end of the day. If someone wants to wear a mask or yeah, yeah. if they want to shake hands or not. But I, I I really appreciate that if you do wear a mask, like I wear a mask sometimes, mm. and I very quickly realize that sometimes I'm the only guy in Lidl or mm. Tesco or wherever I am that's wearing a mask. Yeah. But you're not made to feel yeah awkward, awkward. Uh, and and that that's really good because you know sometimes when it's oh this guy's wearing a mask, mm. then it can, can become difficult. Oh, this guy thinks just, he's better. Than yeah, us. yeah, yeah, yeah. You that, think you're that, more safer than us? That that then makes you think that yeah. shall I wear it? Shall I not wear it? But I, I feel that with this, it's not. So you could be the only guy in the room wearing it, and mm. no one will say anything because they know that okay, the at the end of the day, he's doing it for for good reason. So no, that's good, without a doubt. Um, <clears throat> Another topic we will be talking about more to the end of uh, the show, more around half 11, 12 o'clock, would be uh, something uh, Brother Osman wants to talk about. It's We're going to be talking about Roger Federer. If you're a fan, if you are sad that he's retired... <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you're not a fan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan, um, give us a call, 0208-687-7878. Uh, tell us what you think of uh, the Laver Cup. 2022, his uh, his farewell, um, the tears. He wasn't the only one crying, by the way. 
listen. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that I was crying. <laughs> but I'm saying Nadal was also crying. Yeah, but he was crying out of laughter. No, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. You know why he was crying? Was He goes, ah, you never got to meet me. I still got 23. Is it 22? Yeah, 22. I don't know. I only look at greatness. Listen, at this moment in time, Federal G O A T goat greatest of all yeah, time. Federal. It is without a shadow of a Federal. doubt. Federal, and I'm so happy we Rafa agree. Federal, Rafa Nadal, statistics talk. Rafa Nadal, and of course, you know, I think it, it, you know some something where most people won't like, but the, I think the eventual goat will be Djokovic. He will, he will. Mm. You know, he's still got four or five years in him. Physically, he is amazingly fit. He's just like a machine, isn't he? He is a machine, and you know, he will. Like he, he will hit twenty five, twenty six. I think like with Federal, he, Federal and Nadal is just. Um, they're very natural in the way that they play their game. It's Listen, like only Rafa is natural. But we're talking. Oh we're, this is something we're going to be talking about at the end of the mm. show. We would love to hear your opinion um, on oh two oh eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. But going on to let's see what's going on in the headlines. Um, yesterday was a historical day yeah. um, for some people. Um, I think um, you know we. What happened yesterday was the mini budget. I remember a time when you used to go to the States and your one pound would get you just under two dollars. Yeah. And yesterday the pound fell below one dollar nine cent. So it's like so for one pound you will get one 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 dollar eight something cents. Okay. The lowest for decades. Decades. And why? Because our government um, <coughs> introduced this budget where they did a tax cut spree for the rich. Not me saying it. Let's have a look at what the papers are saying. I starts off with the I weekend. Pound plunges after Kwatang, which is Kwasi Kwatang, our, our chancellor, bets UK economy on tax cuts. Financial Times weekend says pound slumps below $1.09 after Quartang's $45 billion tax cut gamble. Um, Guardian, a budget for the rich. But I can understand why the Guardian said it. It's a Guardian, um, you know. Um, the Daily Mail talks about top 45p tax rate scrapped and penny off income tax. Stamp duty slashed, rise in levies. Uh, listen, listen to this, and this is this is relevant, and this is something me and you kind of will pick on later on. Rise in levies on beer and wine shelved. Say that again. Rise in levies, mm. i.e., so there were going to be an increase in 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 uh, uh, in, in tax and on 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 wine and beer, and they have decided to scrap them. Okay. Okay. And how many times have we done shows on, on, on alcoholism and, and gambling, which people might find strange. Well done, Voice of Islam, talking about... The, because to us, we, we are looking mm. at some of these... We look at these ills, and we look at it from a perspective, not just from a... Uh, uh, you know, we live in the United Kingdom, we live in the Western world. It's part <clears> and parcel <throat> of life, these kind of things, having alcohol and, and, and wine. It's part and parcel of the culture. And we, we look at the effects it has had on society. And and then we also look at it. Well, why does Islam say you shouldn't have these things? Yeah. And, and we look at it from a way of life perspective. We kind of give it rationality and reason behind um, um, why why these things are worth discussing. Um, 
<clears throat> Daily Mail goes on to say, new dash for growth in biggest boost for 50 years. And it talks about how, at last, a true Tory budget. Um, Daily Express, we've got the courage to bet big on Britain. I mean, they have every single newspaper. I mean, uh, Daily Telegraph, Quartan gambles on biggest tax cuts in half a century. Um, the Times, trust his great tax gamble. I mean... It's all about tax. It's all about, unless you go to the Mirror, the Daily Star, the Sun, and and then we have kind of moved on. And then yeah. <laughs> um, it is a gamble. So how, so explain that in layman's terms. What, what does that mean? For someone what like it means me is the government has the, the government is practicing something called trickle down economics. Okay. Now, President Biden of America, day before yesterday, he tweeted, "I am sick." and tired, exact words, or his office tweeted under President Biden's um, Twitter um, feed. I am sick and tired of trickle-down economics. So what's trickle-down economics? It's, like, it's actually exactly what it means, what it's saying, trickling down. So they're talking about how we are going to give tax benefits to the rich, and which is going to, so they're going to have tax cuts. So before... You know, there was an element of there's about 659,000 people in this country who pay 45% tax. They don't need to do that anymore. They will because they've had a cut. They only have to pay 40%. So, they, according to the government, they've kind of made a playing, simple playing field. So, it'll be 40%. <clears throat> but to kind of um, uh, dangle the carrot in front of the middle earners who pay 20% um, or the yeah. low earners. They've said we're going to reduce it from 20 to 19. So so the rich, from 5%. 45 to 40, but, you know, the, the, the layman, the man who's actually putting the hours in um, and working and making sure that the, the rich people's industries are run, they're getting 1%. But the trickle-down economics is that if benefits are given to the top, they will be filtered downwards, and those benefits will then filter to the to the um, senior executive level, senior executive level, which is strategic. From strategic, they will go to operational. From operational, they will go to frontline. Hmm. But in reality, that doesn't happen. If I'm going to say to you, Smart, look, here's a million quid, mate. You're going to say, you know what? I'll keep 900,000, 100, I'll probably trickle down. Hmm. That's how, again, I'm, I'm not saying you, but... In a in in a corporate world where money is everything, you're not gonna. Th you are going. To, if if you're an owner of a company, of course you're gonna think of your employees, but you're never gonna think, I'm gonna share everything down. I'm getting a cut. I'm actually my wealth is increasing. What people forget is their wealth is increasing. Yeah, by these cuts, their wealth by increases. These, the wealth increases, mm. and the and the, the government is taking a gamble, thinking that this will go down. They've <clears throat> They have decided to scrap the increase in capital gains tax, um, corporation tax, on the basis that they think that government that foreign investment will come into United Kingdom because they want money coming in. One of the reasons why the dollar has hit is, is so strong, effectively the weak pound is weak, is because it will attract money from overseas mm. because they'll say well one one dollar eight to a pound yeah let's go in there 
whereas previously it was nearly you know over the years it's always been between one and a half to one point one point between one point four and one point six dollar to a pound but com- effectively now you know it's it's a uh, it's crazy mm. it, you know i mean it, it's it's mind-boggling to, to to see these kind of figures because these figures these kind of you know exchange rates haven't been around for for decades so and and what that means for people like me and you is we we don't we we get a we get a tax cut of one percent or one penny on the pound yeah so before we were paying 20p now we're paying 19p okay now don't get me wrong end of the day it's still a tax cut but the government and this is a gamble the reason they're taking because if this doesn't pay off interest rates are going up yeah. even though a lot of people and this is a mistake a lot of people make even though the government has put all these caps on energy they're not permanent caps and even with the caps energy price is still going to go up your cost of living still has gone up big time yeah hmm. the the issue with the supply coming into this country it's still affected there is still a shortage of supply. Shortage of supply means that people and shops are going to increase their prices because there's demand. People still want to live. They want to eat. They want to drink. They want to, they, you know, they, they want to live. And if there's a shortage of your daily supply, and of course, it's basic mathematics, demand and supply, basic economics. If there's a demand there and there's not enough supply, prices go up. Prices go up. They've cut stamp duty. What that means Anybody who buys a house, first-time buyer, the first, I think, 125,000, and, and I'm sure somebody will call and correct me because these are these are figures that were in my head some time ago. And the first 125,000 were not, uh, they didn't have to pay anything. And now they've said up to 250 or 300,000. Again, I haven't gone into it yet, <clears throat> but they've cut stamp duty. And I was talking to a few friends of mine who are in the process of buying. And they said to me, they had already budgeted for the stamp duty and it's something really strange that one couple <coughs> they said to me I don't mind paying the stamp duty I would prefer that my health service and where my children go and my school where my children go I would much better I would much prefer that they were given the money to yep. to to improve their services because I can, af- I have already budgeted for this this money. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so I my my preference is I don't mind paying that tax. <clears throat> I would rather it go to a better cause, which will serve not just me, but it serves the community and my children. And I think the government has 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 kind of they they have they, they have kind of targeted the, the this this part of the 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 nation where. Money is everything. Yeah. Where they will go to private schools, they will go to uh, you know private hospitals, they will go for private medical care, uh, private dental. Everything is private. Everything is paid for. Whereas, I think the the the, the layman, you know, out there, doesn't mind paying more tax. They they would they say, look, the problem isn't us paying tax. The problem is. We don't get anything in return to what we've been told. So I don't want to wait two years to see a pediatric consultant. Mm. I don't want to be standing in a queue 
waiting on putting my, my the name down for my child like for two years before they're even of school age hmm. uh, on the, on the uh, on, and, and you know on hope and pray that that maybe my child will be picked to have to to go to a good school yeah i need all schools need to be good all hospitals need to be able to take me in so if that means me paying more tax i'll pay it and i think and interest rates are still going up. What does it mean by interest rates going up? What people don't realize is, and everyone's got a, everyone's got a mortgage. In the past three, four months <coughs> alone, someone who was paying, someone who was in a variable, variable meaning it was it was a standard rate. Yeah. So it it goes, it's it's, it's go, going in line with the changes that the Bank of England makes. A mortgage which was, say, on average was £300, is gone up to five, 600 It's more or less doubled. Okay. Yeah? Now, a lot of people are used, and these and, and these rates, which have already gone up, uh, economists say they're going to keep on going up for the next year or so. So that three hundred, which has gone to six, will probably get to nine or even a thousand. That's an outgoing. Your wages haven't gone up. Your outgoings are going up. Your your income will not go up in line with your expenses. Nowhere near it. Mm. Nowhere near it. So. The biggest expense most people have are rent and, 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 and mortgages. Most of their money goes on these two things. And my fear is that we have been living in an economy which has been very good for 20 years. The availability of money has been very easy. Expenses have been low. But suddenly, these are going to go... And look at gas bill. I mean... Mm. They trebled already, and people think, "Oh, it's okay now." The government has said two and a half thousand pound. Yes, we were paying a hundred. Where one was paying one hundred and fifty, he's still paying three hundred, mm. and that's going to probably go up a little bit, yeah. just below this 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 levy that they have uh, this uh, this cap that they have set. And one thing I've said this before: a cap doesn't mean that that's the maximum. If you the cap is not on the number of units you use, the cap is. The price they charge. So if you use more than two thousand five hundred, you'll be charged more than two thousand five hundred. Mm. Again, they talk about it, but they don't explain what they mean by the cap. You know, a lot of people seem to think that oh, that's my maximum bill. No one's going to charge me more. Businesses are, you know, they've they've what they the don't get me wrong. This business, this it's a good thing. There are some good things here for people who are who are running businesses. Um, but because of the cost of living crisis, say someone owns a pizza, yeah, pizza company, um, and uh, everybody has in their diet once a week, they will say, okay, you know, let's get the kids get together, we'll go buy a pizza. Because of the cost of living crisis, those are the things that are going to stop. You know, actually. <clears throat> You know, we've spoken about people who can even afford houses. Yeah. There are those who fall in that bracket where that's not even an option for them. For them, yep. like you said, just a routine right. weekly shop yep. is a luxury. That's right. And yesterday, a friend of mine told me, he goes, I was um, shopping and um, I saw this lady who was a mother, had a child with her. She looked absolutely normal. It wasn't mm. like she, she was by any means begging or kind of, you know, um, in any condition that you felt sorry for, she's an absolutely normal person. 
She didn't look needy. She didn't look needy, but yeah. she approached my friend and said, uh, "Excuse me, can you help me?" My friend said, "Yeah, how, how could I help you?" He goes, "Could you?" He goes, "She goes, I feel bad saying this, but could you um, help me shopping? Because I don't have no money." Mm. And so he looked at her. He looked at the child. And he goes, "Yeah, okay, let, let's go for a shop." So he goes, "I took her shopping," and he goes, "And it's sad because." At that time, when he was telling us, he goes, "I don't know whether this was like she pulled a fast one on me. She was a scam." But then I just looked at the kid and looked at her, and I thought, "There's no reason." And the first thought that came to our mind was, "Well, actually, living cost is so much. You never know. She probably yes. was in need to the extent where if you got a child, I remember actually, it, it's one of my friends, another friend of mine, would say to me that even kids are so innocent." When they and they realize what's happening in the home, they can see what's happening. So he goes, my child. When he saw that I was struggling in terms of financially and I couldn't afford that same lifestyle that we were living previous to this whole kind of rise of um, expenditure, I then obviously, like you said, you know, we stopped eating from outside. There's certain foods that we stopped bringing in. Mm. My child noticed mm. to the extent where, out of his innocence, he stopped eating. Because he realized that we're we're struggling. He goes, that hurt me so much that my child, who's three, four, is so innocent that he's seen that we're struggling, and he just stopped eating. And then we're like, no, 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 you you need to eat. <laughs> we stop eating. No, no, you you eat. Everything's fine. We're gonna be okay. So the reality is, we've spoken about people who have money and yep. they're struggling. But yep. what about people who don't have money? Like they don't have mortgages. They can't even afford mortgages. They're on benefits. They're, they're struggling. They're literally, it's one check at a time for them. And and I, I agree with you. You see, I've got friends, two professionals, couple. Collectively, they earn 60-odd thousand. And they're feeling the pitch. They've started to feel the pitch yeah they've just bought a property so a lot of money goes in towards the mortgage and whatnot and a lot of savings obviously went towards there and I thought to myself let me go and ask a few friends of mine now something a friend of mine said to me he goes Kiyum, what's the national wage in this country and I used to think oh probably you know it's probably 60 70 odd grand and he goes, no. He goes, in in London, it's around 35,000. Nationally, it's about 32,000. Mm. And he goes, the problem is the people who are really being affected have always been affected by it because they've never really had the money to go. They've always been hand to mouth. Yep. What's happened here is the people who are hand to mouth are now they're even in a worse position. Yeah. But now the middle earners who have never who, who've kind of had it comfortable now they're feeling the pinch. So then it goes back to this whole tax cut gamble that they're saying. That's right. Has this ever happened before? This happened in the eighties. This was the policy which Margaret Thatcher did. Well, Margaret what, Thatcher. What was, was the effect of that? Well, thing is, Margaret Thatcher never had a pandemic hit the country. Margaret Thatcher never had, um, had never suffered Brexit. Um, Brexit. Margaret Thatcher never um, had the, the, you know, um, the bankers' crisis. 
These three events since Margaret Thatcher have changed the way economics works. This government is very Thatcherite-ish. I mean, um, our, our prime minister has kind of dressed up and, and, and made pictures and images of, um, you know, akin to what Margaret Thatcher used to do in, in the 80s. And, and she's always talked already, um, you know, in, in a... Uh, she's she's very pro Thatcherite, or she 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 plays that game. But but they fail to realize they have they've I don't think they have caught on to the fact that the world has changed. It's it, it's changed, and uh, and and economics have changed because there's been so many, um, as I said, so many. Um, th there's been impacts on the economy which has changed the way people do things, it's changed the way people invest, it's changed the way people spend. Yep. And and I think, I, I, and I genuinely believe this, I think the generation that she's aiming at, which were the rich in the olden days, they were very money, 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 money. I, I think now there is an element of people a bit more aware of giving back in the system, which is why I went and when I said a friend of mine who, who you know they earn good money, and they said, well, they would prefer to go give the system back in, give money back into the system rather than their own pocket. A lot of people over the years have kind of. But do you? Sorry, let me just ask a question mm. with this example that you give. Yeah. Do you feel this is because they've invest, they've got investments in that system like their kids, and whereas those who let's say CEOs or whoever. Mm. That's not really an issue for them because their kids are gonna get the best of the best wherever they are. They can pay for it. No, but there's nothing wrong in expecting. Well, it it should be a given that if I'm paying tax to the government and the government is not spending it on the 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 necessities to build the future generation or to look after our elderly then over a longer period of time, you will crumble, which is what's happened. What's happened here is if you look around the country, not many people will say that uh, we are living in a country which is solidly hit. Everybody talks about, mm. I mean, even after this budget, so many Tory MPs have come out and said, this is a no-go. Mm. In a cost of living crisis, we have given tax cuts to the rich we should be looking after the poor. Yeah. And when I say poor, I don't mean in a... I'm talking about people who are earning good money, but that money isn't good enough to meet the expenses or the necessities of day-to-day -day living. Do you feel that it's a bit insensitive to say, well, we should live within our means? No, it's not insensitive. There's, there's nothing wrong in saying that. Um, but it depends on when you say it, who you say it to. When, when, when the cost, I don't, this is something when the, I think the former chancellor, I think it was Nadim Zahavi, when he was, when, when uh, that's before this cap was, uh, was brought on, he talked about uh, when he was asked, well, the cost of uh, energy and gas is going to go up mm. astron uh, astronomically and, and there's, no, there's no end to it. And his, he said that. He goes, well, people should use less, people mm. should use less gas and electric. When the food prices went up, uh, when people were, when some of these ministers were asked uh, about, um, um, you know, sugary foods, they said, "Well, they should eat less sugar. Mm. They should eat less." And uh, 
So it's a uh, it's 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 the look the the governments will um the governments will um do what the governments will do they 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 need to justify their uh, um their policy they yep. need to they need to uh, kind of make it work so it's a it it's it's a, it's 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 gone beyond politics but you mentioned you you mentioned uh, um living within your means De- define no what i mean is for example <clears throat> okay so where i guess this is where the islam bit comes in yeah as muslims we're told to live a balanced lifestyle mm-hmm. it's what it's taught in the book it's what was pr- practiced by the prophet may peace be on him and if i just evaluate myself because you are your best critic so for example when living cost goes up and i take a evaluation of okay just my eating habits for example mm. very much we're having like me on a daily basis which then when you think about it you don't need it and that's not by no means you're, that is that living a balanced lifestyle where you have uh meat every day it's just a luxury that we've gotten used to um and again islam shows you the benefits of having a balanced lifestyle how our physical body and our spiritual body are linked and what you eat has an effect on your behavior on your mannerism on your soul so these are the things this is one example i've given <clears throat> of where and again where you're having meat every day that's a cost every day uh where you cut that down you save so again that's just a evaluation i given given about myself you probably look at me thinking well he still looks like you having meat every day but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, listen i can tell you got your glasses on <laughs> so that's exactly what you're thinking okay i want you to hold that thought <laughs> we've got a we've got uh, we've got um uh brother adil who's joined us uh, good morning welcome assalamualaikum peace be on you brother adil how are you this morning assalamualaikum can you hear me yes loud and clear loud and clear yes yes so you know this is the I, i was feeling so jealous that i wasn't on the show today so i thought i better ring in and give my two cents please of the with interesting conversation right so mm-hmm. i've been thinking about and i've been listening to your conversation so and and uh, peace be with you as one way as well assalamualaikum brother how are you um, Yeah yeah not too bad alhamdulillah. Um I I think if you look at the last two decades um this country has not seen high interest rates. It has seen the cost of living, the inflation um below Cuba you can probably correct me 4%. We've never seen it. This generation has not No, not this generation no. Yeah. So and and you know I've just recently come back from Pakistan. and you talk about scarcity of resources and the comparison between the two countries is poles apart and and uh, and there's two points i want to make one is because we haven't seen the the i guess we've li- lived a very i would say uh, a lavish lifestyle low interest rates huge debt buying properties um getting into you know buying nice cars um going on lovely holidays and there's nothing wrong with it if you can afford it but if you start to and you talked about going beyond your means because then you get you're going to get yourself into debt and you got your you know the credit cards that are coming out and you're getting yourself into even more debt which caused the first crisis i guess in 2008 we didn't learn from it 
And then we still had the low interest rates. The the governments came in and bailed us out, or bailed the banks out. But then, you know, we we've now come to a point where now we're starting to see interest rates creep up. I think it's two point five. Yeah. Two point two five or two point five. They went up by half a percent, and they're going to go up more. Yeah. More. Absolutely, they are because they want they're trying to control inflation. Yeah. What when I was listening to the chancellor's uh, budget. I was astonished, right? Because it's like, where on earth is he going to pay for this? Um, and well, I, and, and well, he's th- not, th- is he? Th- th- We're paying for it. No, but there's this huge assumption that it's the high earners and the middle class that are going to, you know, um, not only benefit from this, but also are going to be paying back. Well, uh, that remains to be seen, right? Now I'm going to come back to my second point. The second point is that if you, for example, I spent a good three, four weeks in Pakistan, there is scarcity of resources at all levels. Electricity, gas, fuel, water, right? And it's right in your face when you cannot, you know, one of the things that we were told was uh, you can't have a shower, take a bucket, use that. And I'm, I'm, and I'm like, for me, it was okay. And I told my kids, listen, you can't do this anymore, right? You're here. And they, were look, they looked at me and said, are you kidding? I said, no. And we, we ended up going to my, my nephew's house and he had a you know, they had shower and everything. And they took the shower and they said, you know what? This is such a blessing to have a shower. And that's an appreciation of something when you, do, when you take for granted and it's taken away from you. And was one that you talked about a really poignant point that, you know, a person who you look and they're saying, well, you know, they're, they're, they look quite neat and well-dressed, you know, and they're asking for, um, you know, help. And, and, and it goes back to Kuyumba, your point about, you know, people are earning, you know, what you would, th- would have thought maybe four years ago that, hey, you know, 67,000, that's not too bad. You know, you're doing pretty well. Those people are finding it hard to survive and make ends meet. We are heading towards real troubled times, and it goes back to the point about you really we need to start to live within our means, which means you can't have those two or three holidays a year, you can't have those huge debts, get rid of them. Uh, you've got to look at the lifestyle as well. you know you've got to be really uh, you know working within your means to the things that you want to eat, if it means cutting back on meat uh, or, or certain expensive food items or even eating out. You know, that's going to obviously have a knock-on effect on, on the food industry. Brother, well. brother Adil, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, the, the middle earners uh, are, are feeling the pinch for the first time after decades. It hasn't been heard of because um, where, it's always people at the lower end of the, of the pay scale who, who tend to suffer and they get used to it. Do you think, and my, I'll tell you what my fear is, that because this is hitting the middle earners for the first time, they, they're going to find it impossible to deal with it. Whereas people on the lower scale have learned to live within the means. They've learned to, to live because it's been there forever. Whereas this crisis is hitting people who don't know what a crisis is. Would you agree? And- yeah, uh, absolutely, and it's a huge gamble, and we will know, I guess, within the next year and a half, 
when the elect- uh, the the the, elect- the the electors are going to be going to the polls. Hmm. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be talking with their with their votes, but at the same time, it's going to be really interesting what happens in November when the budget's announced, and when the changes take place, uh, and then also in, in April, right? So yes, absolutely agree with you that it is already started to hit us. Hmm. Um, and also, let's not forget those that are. You know, are 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 not below the the, the middle income, yep. right? It's already been hitting them for the last year. Mm. This is a massive crisis point. And the fact that one of the statements they made was that, well, it's no longer going to be free handouts for those people who are on the social services. But I'm sorry, but it's our responsibility to help society in general. So, so it goes back to the point about where on earth are they going to pay for this? So how do you create that, imbal- uh, that balance in society, which Islam, you know, promotes? And you and, and Uswan Bayrida articulated really well was that, you know, if there was a needy person, you know, who came to the Holy Prophet and, you know, the Holy Prophet said to his companions that you need to be fighting his case so that you could t- partake in the blessings as well. It's about creating a balance in society. So to answer your question, it's going to hit middle earners. And I think it's going to hit the, the, the earners that are slightly above the middle earners as well. Even though they've taken away the 45%, there's going to come a point where it's going to start hitting them as well. And don't forget, they're saying that this is only going to benefit the top 1% of this country. right? The figure so, is 659,000 people. Exactly. Right? So what <laughs> about the rest of the 76 million people that live in this country? We don't matter. Right? Don't you know? So... So it's, it, it is worrying, I'll, and I'll just find one final point. When it really hit me this morning, we had, uh, we had our grocery delivered to us, right? Okay, and okay, you know, that's got to stop, right, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that just has to stop, but brother on serious, <laughs> But on a serious point, on a serious point, I was telling my wife that we just spent, I mean, what we do is we, we order twice a week. We've now started doing that so we can get fresh ingredients. But in a normal bill for half a week is about between 70 to 80. And even then, when we're doing shopping, I'm really careful. I had only two crates of shopping come in. Normally, it's three, maybe four. And I, I said to my wife, you do realize we only have two crates today. What's going on? And I toothpaste, £4.50. It used to be £1.50, £2.50. And it's, it's just, it's gone completely crazy the government really should be focusing on helping the low earners the middle earners in terms of at point of sale so the people like what Usman has gave given an example of the lady went into the shopping she should not be going up to people and saying hey could you help me it's it's the government's responsibility to support them right definitely to society. definitely so i think it's, it's this is going to happen more and more and I, I just fear that, uh, and you know what, just, I'm, I know I'm going on a little bit, but I just thought about tell another me about, point. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know you in the studio, so, so you know you know in the studio that I need to kind of say that to you. But, but before you carry on, tell me, so what's on the menu yeah. tonight? What's, what's me and Usman having? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can uh, get something out of those two crates. You're more than welcome to come. There should be some chicken biryani. Oh, there we go. Um, if you like, yeah. And, uh, Just out of interest, sorry, you said you went to Pakistan. What's the fuel prices in Pakistan like? Um, there, it's two hundred and fifty rupees a liter. 
Wow. Which is like pound, that's right? a pound a liter, then, uh, which is you know. Pound a liter. But but the thing is that if a person is earning less than fifteen hundred rupees a day, right? It's yeah. like it's a lot. I mean, tomatoes are I don't know two hundred and fifty rupees a kilo, something like that. Uh, rice, oil, um, it all stacks up. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty tough out there, and and you know what. Maybe we, this is a point we can talk about Pakistan in terms of what's happening over the last sort of uh, a month or so, where we've seen floods because of the extended monsoon. We've seen the glaciers melting, and then you saw all of the water rushing through. You must have seen all of it on the, on social media. This is now going to impact the survival of Pakistan. The way, um, for example, all the crop for next year is gone. Right? They'll have to import the the food. Pakistan cannot afford it. So this is going to start hitting people massively. Um, so again, you know, th- th- this is something that we should all be appreciative of and and and, and um, be aware of that it's hitting everybody. All countries uh, are under this, not just the UK. Brother Adil, thank you so much. As always, next time, hopefully, we we'll see you in the studio. Thank you for joining us today. Um, have Shara, have a fantastic day and peace be on you, brother. Okay. Thank you. You know, just before I, I come back to you, brother Osman, um, just for the clarification of our listener, it's, it's when 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 again, it's it's uh, when somebody refers to somebody as Bhai, is brother, brother, yeah, and 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 inshallah means God willing, and and Alhamdulillah means all praise belongs to God. There you go. So you know, you you will hear you will hear all these different salutations and and these all these kind of words in Arabic and 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 uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, thing is that that term inshallah. Mm. It's um, especially in a time like this. Ultimately, it's. I know sometimes it, there's it, reasons why. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. sometimes it's almost. We've said it so much. It's just. It's yeah. just ready That's to right. go. But the reality is, when you go through difficult times, mm. it's a great opportunity to find God. That's off without a doubt. And having faith that, for example, you got no money, you need to feed a child. Ultimately, there will come a stage in in that day or your life where you're like, I'm helpless. Mm. And then people turn to God. And when you've done everything you can in your power, and then you back everything with prayers, and then you say, Inshallah, which is the term God willing, Mm. you really have faith when you say it. That Inshallah, God willing, God will provide because he is the provider. Um, I even remember that there's a... uh, there's a verse in the Quran that says you shouldn't when you're married purpose of marriage is procreation you shouldn't not procreate with fear that you won't be able to financially support your child such a good point you make and now it's like it's such a I can't afford a child yeah and now people will actually think that yes living in this like society at mm. the moment but this is where you have to have trust in God yeah and you have to understand the wisdom behind marriage and the the kind of sp- spiritual um, every child brings step. their the risk in urdu they say they so they're um they they're they, they from a f- okay fortune they will bring their, their earnings fortune. with them yeah so uh, it, it's it, not it's something a, you provide but again you're so right in saying you got to have that belief mm. in order for that to happen Absolutely. I think it's one of those, look, from from an Islamic point of view, there's two ways to look at it. One is look at the 
people who are subject to this, mm. where we can say, look, Islam promotes a balanced lifestyle, yep. live within your means. Yep. Um, always when it comes to worldly matters, look at someone less fortunate than you, so you are grateful and you can get by. Mm. But to those who are in power, again, Islam has certain principles in place <coughs> and there's certain role models who in the past have done this. We're not just saying we're all just about religion. Religion uh, is to fulfill the rights of man as much as it is to fulfill the rights of God. So this comes into play, that the leaders have to do things in a just manner, where not only the rich benefit, but rather the poor benefit, and society is at a level playing field. Let me ask you, Brother Smart. Man is lost yeah. in the society we're living in. And my definition of the word lost meaning, they have kind of starting to worship money. Yep. And and they're starting to play God. Because it's this this notion that I have made my accomplishments, my achievements because of me. And because of my accomplishments, I have earned all these fortunes. Is that is is that what what's the way out? Because that's a dangerous position to be in. And but I, I my fear again for for our our youth and our young generation is that this narrative of the wanting, the materialism, defining who you are, your existence is defined by what you drive, what you what you um, what, what you kind of property you live, what label. Um, it's not based on your characteristics, your attributes, yeah. Yeah. and and you know it, such things. So, where are we heading? You're you, you work within the community. You've got you work with youngsters as a youth leader as well. So, how do you challenge that? How do you not challenge it? How you tackle such challenges? I think one thing even Brother Adil said is key mm. uh, is because the world that we live in. It's centered around us. We're all just thinking about ourselves. Yep. And when you only think about yourselves and you're not worried about, for example, if everyone was concerned about those who are less fortunate, then maybe this system would work where the rich are getting less so that they can give it to the those who are less fortunate. The trickle-down system. It, it yeah. would work if everyone does it in a righteous manner. Yeah. But where it doesn't happen and you think, wow, now more money for me, mm. and people observe that, then naturally they, they feel that happiness equals to having money which is totally false uh, and there's a number of examples where you can see number of CEOs number of highly um, not just educated educated is the wrong term but people who are very wealthy who go through so much depression difficulty ultimately because there's no end happiness see, there's that, always that doesn't more. get said enough in my work I deal with I, I work with a lot of people with obscene amount of money. And I always find it strange that the more they have, the more depression, stress, mental health issues, and even suicide. Yep. With every possible luxury available to them, yet... It, it, it mentally 
in the worst possible place. But it's because one of the reasons is, look, if you want to achieve greatness in any field, you mm. have to sacrifice. Yes. So to achieve money, what are you sacrificing? Mm. That's what needs to be seen. Are you sacrificing family? Mm. Because, you know, I don't have time to give to the kids or wife. I need to, like, meet these deadlines and we need to we need to do this to get money. But but is it wrong to think as a parent, well, I want my children to have the best? It, no, it's not. But you can't sacrifice your relationships mm. with your children. Because I know many wealthy people mm. who But is But isn't that what's happening with the youth today? I think the youth today, again, I think what the biggest, our biggest enemy, you can say, mm. again, it's a great tool. It has so much benefit for mankind, but also so much negative is social media. Mm. It's where you have this urge of displaying your life. Mm. Why do we need an urge to, sh- you know, like you, we have to realize <clears throat> my happiness is not necessarily your happiness. Yeah. My happiness could cause you grief. Yeah. Your grief might cause me happiness. Yeah. So, understanding that that reality is we have to live in a righteous manner where you, where we show humility see I, I mean we, we're coming up to the hour and something we will continue define the term righteous for me because we use that so often I'll define it the best way I can do, define it is the way that the Holy Prophet may peace be upon him mentioned mm-hmm. it he said that true righteousness is imagine you have loose clean pure clothing on mm-hmm. and you have to walk this narrow path and on either end of those paths are bushes and they have thorns on them mm-hmm. and if you don't walk carefully they will rip your clothes and damage uh, the beauty of your clothes and you have to walk through this path in a way that your clothes aren't affected and they're in the same condition as when you started that journey and he mentions that saying this is how we have to live our life they have to be so careful because there are so many thorns that can ruin us if we're not righteous awesome you're listening to Saturday Morning Live with myself Kayyum and brother Usman we, when we come back, we're going to go and talk about writing in Leicester. We're going to be looking at how uh, extremism has been part and parcel of this writing. And we're going to be looking at it, how Islam's perspective on writing is. So we're going to so do stay tuned and join us after the 11 o'clock news. Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. When you stand up in prayer, you should know it for certain that your God has the power to do all that he wills. Then your prayer will be accepted and you will behold the wonders of God's power that we have beheld. Our testimony is based on seeing and is not a mere tale. How should the supplication of a person be accepted and how should he have the courage to pray at the time of great difficulties when according to him he is opposed by the law of nature? unless he believes that God has power over everything. You should not be like that. Your God is one who has suspended numberless stars without any support and who has created heaven and earth from nothing. And would you think so ill of him as to imagine that your objective is beyond his power? Such thinking will frustrate you. Our God possesses numberless wonders but only those observe them who become wholly his with certainty and fidelity. He does not disclose his powers to those who do not believe in his powers and are not faithful to him. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayyum, and Brother Usman. And just before the news, we were talking about righteousness. So, Brother, kind of 
carry on. Because uh, yeah, the reason I, I, I asked was, just for the benefit of our listener and for me and for, for, for other people, hmm. is, you know, we, we use terminology, we use languages. As Muslims, we are aware of them. Yeah. So we automatically assume that everybody yeah. else would know. So, but I, I kind of want to break it down. I mean, you, you gave a perfect example with the, with the um, with the describing um, how the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, kind of uh, described what righteousness is. But bring, you know, I in practical mis- terms. in practical terms, Mister, you know, this. Let's say, you know, um, one of my listeners thinking, well. How does that play um, in in my daily life, where I can't afford yeah. to I can't afford to live properly, yeah. and and I can't afford, and and I feel that because I can't afford it, my son or my daughter are going to be without, and that kind of makes me want to go out and do other things, yeah. where. I will have to sacrifice that time to spend with them being a father and go and maybe look for the second or the third job to ensure that even though I am used to suffering, I don't have a problem with it. Hmm. I and, think and I think my sacrifice as a parent is to ensure that my children are provided for because if they're not provided for, they will suffer in school, they will be bullied, they will... They will develop an inferiority complex. You know, again, it's it's a it's a plethora of of connections that will that will trouble the parent. Yeah. So where does righteousness come in there? I think righteousness. I'll explain it in another verse. So God states in the Holy Quran that you cannot attain true righteousness until and unless you sacrifice what is most dear to you. Mm-hmm. And what's most dear to us? It's obviously we love our children, but that's not what's being in context. The context is money, money, time, yeah. wealth. B- because that's honor. been the tool that, yeah. that everything is built around. Exactly. So what's most yeah. dear to us at the moment in this life, mm. what do people give precedence to? It's wealth, time, and honor. Mm. These are three things that if you don't sacrifice properly, you won't attain God's righteousness. Now, the reason I mentioned this verse is because Often, yes, the concern is genuine, that I don't want my family to struggle. But for them not struggling, what are you sacrificing? You're sacrificing a relationship with them, that you feel that you know what's best for them and money is what's best for them. No. Because the reality is, and I remember someone telling me this, and I remember um, it was a very influential person. I can't remember what his name was. Very rich, wealthy, influential. He goes that when I die, mm. I've told my children already, they're not getting one penny. Mm. Or they maybe get 5% of what I have. Because money is something that comes and goes. Mm. What lasts is your behavior, your character, what you've... But let me ask you, this person, is he not wrong for saying that? To an extent. But what I'm saying is the main point that he was making is what's lasting after he passes yes. away yeah. is his character. Yeah. Money would that money that he leaves will go within a year, two year, however you spend it. Yeah. But his character, the lessons that you've learned from him. So if he doesn't go, give the good upbringing, and just leaves the money, then the I'll kids will example. say, "Well, the kids will I'll waste it and say." So I work with a lot of youth. Mm. Yeah. When they go through problems, mm. 
ultimately there comes a time in your advice where you say you have to speak to your parents. Yep. Nine times out of ten, the response is, "I can't. Mm. They won't understand." Mm. And you delve into that kind of comment and say, "Why?" It's because yeah, my dad's just an ATM. Anytime mm. I need money, that's the only time I go to him. That's the reality. That and yes, th- and give you give your. That's t- today's problem, isn't it? It's today's the, problem. The parental but what I'm connection is, between children. To understand where righteousness fits in this whole conversation is understanding what our purpose of life is. Mm. If it's to earn money, that's the end all and be all of everything. Then you're right. Righteousness means nothing. Mm. But if you understand that this life is not permanent, mm. it's a temporary abode, and we're going to be there's a system of reward and punishment in the next life, which is far greater than the pleasures of this world. Mm. And this world, everything we do in this world, will be answerable for in the next. If you understand this and you wholeheartedly believe it, then you understand that there's a verse in the Quran that says, "Surely after hardship there is ease." Because if you then have true trust in God, by no means am I saying don't work hard. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Islam promotes hard work, but Islam promotes sincerity in your work and in your prayers. You have to fulfill the rights of God and man. You have to tie the camel, as they say, and then pray. So if you have that foundation of prayer, understanding of purpose, understanding of fulfilling rights of your family, not just by paying. Paying isn't just fulfilling a right. At the end of the day, we all come from humble beginnings. Every generation that you, if we look back to your father, your grandfather, your great great grandfather, they were all worse off. Mm, of course, yeah, but they still but, made it. But you made me. You, 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 okay, I'll ask again. Apologies, I'm famous for going off tangents, but you've just said something that it it brought thought to my mind. You said God said, surely after hardship He will bring ease. ease. That means people who have less, who go through hardship, are loved more dearly by God than the no. someone who who the rich, the wealthy don't have hardship. They don't even You're, think about hardship. God is what you perceive him to be. Okay, remember that. So yeah. if I perceive him to be someone who I only turn to when I need something, hmm. then that's the God that you face. But if I if I believe and have full faith and certainty that God is someone who loves me, who I love, mm. who I will sacrifice everything for and who I'm waiting to die because as soon as I die I'm going to be in his presence. Mm. Then you understand that surely after hardship there is ease. Sure. That even God's loved ones, we're all God's children. Of course. Even we go through difficulties. Mm. There's no one that suffered more than the holy prophet may peace be upon him or prophets in general. Yes. They've all suffered. But then you can ask doesn't God love them? They're God's chosen ones. They are, but they they go through difficulties to show the average person mm. that difficulties is a process that we go through, and it allows us to also find God. What you said, God, it's not that God loves those who are less fortunate more. The reality is, those who are less fortunate probably think the opposite. Does God love those who are wealthy more because they're not going through issues? But everyone goes through issues. Everyone has their own type of issue. One thing I can only say from my experience is, those who are in less fortunate positions, for example, I had, I've had two opportunities to go to Africa, mm. and um, I was born and raised in this country. I've never been. I've been Pakistan once, but when I was a infant, I don't remember anything. Mm. So this was my first experience of kind of going to a, like a third world country, 
And I remember when we landed, there was no lights. It was literally just pitch black. Couldn't see where we're going. It's only the next morning when we woke up, we saw, okay, this is a whole different setup. It's very different to London where we were born and raised. Then we got taken to a village. And your eyes open. And like I said, it's something Adil mentioned in terms of his children experiencing and then understanding the luxuries. We went to a village where it was just four walls and they put metal shutters mm. as the roof. And that was, he goes, this is your accommodation for the next month. Okay. We just made one comment. We're like, oh, there's no windows. And he goes, oh, you need a window? Started, made the hole. It took him some time, but he made a hole in the wall, covered it with a wooden plank. He goes, I would advise you to keep this shut at night. <laughs> like, okay, thank you, brother. So that was the simplicity of where we were living. And it's in that scenario. So I came from London, having everything at my fingertips, to now going somewhere where there's no water. There was a well. We had to get water in the morning. If that when if and when that water finishes, that's it. You have to wait for the next day. There's no electricity. There's no gas. There's no entertainment. There's nothing. You're forced to rely on human interaction, and actually going out and meeting people and caring for people. When you live like that for a month, you're inclined to evaluate, you're inclined to ponder and think about your life compared to what it was and what you're going through now. And then the one thought that came to my mind, and it continuously came to my mind, and it's what helps me now, it's that what's really important in life, because I'm living in this hut, basically, mm. with no means, but I'm happy. I've got no disturbance, no phone. When my battery dies, my battery's dead. Of course, I want to communicate with my family, but there's no tension because ultimately what you have is, what in front, is, is what's in front of you and everyone's in the same boat. So that, for me, was a real reminder that in those difficult times, you actually realise what's really important. So the luxury of like what Adil was saying, these luxuries of and everyone's in a different situation where maybe they couldn't have, maybe before they're used to shopping twice and now they have to shop once. That's still a luxury. Or, you know, you know, maybe before they put supreme diesel in their car, now they have to put normal diesel in the car. That's still a luxury. Mm. So, again, it's, the, it's what our religion teaches is that living with your means, evaluate. Our, His Holiness has continuously said to our youth, to our members, evaluate. Evaluate yourselves. Every day you should evaluate that. How was my day spent? Did I waste any time, money? How can I improve myself for tomorrow? And I think this is where it comes to, you're right, money does play a key role in our lives. But it's not the most important thing. Money comes and goes. We come into this world with no money. We're going to leave with no money. The real thing that we're going to take into the next world in our account will be good deeds. So that that's how I would answer. I don't know what what's your thoughts. No, I I, I agree with you. My we we do so many programs here, and and we've done recently on Drive Time as well, on and on Breakfast Show, um, and on again on SML here before when we talk about wealthy. I mean, in the first hour we were talking about how there yeah, are tax cuts for the super rich and whatnot, and we we there's always this 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 verse from the holy quran we talk about where it 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 emphasizes the rights of the poor 
on the wealth on the on on the mm. on the wealth of the rich. And and this is why I asked you this question. But God Almighty has has given provision, has made provision for everyone. But if the rich doesn't recognize and understand that provision, then the poor suffers. Yeah. Hence my comment that does God love people with less means more because it's the one with less who probably will be in touch with God Almighty a lot quicker and a lot more sincere. Or maybe it's wrong for me to say is they're going to be more sincere, but 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 they will have a, a connection maybe more than someone who has. Um, I'm, I'm generalizing who has obscene amount of wealth. Thing is, it, it, it's or, I mean, it, or it, that's the perception one has. Yeah, I think it's it, it's it's wrong to assume that if you're wealthy, you can't be sincere. Of course. So there are many sense, uh, wealthy people who I'm sure are very sincere and who have a very kind of who are very righteous in their own means. You have to realize when it comes to giving precedence to faith over worldly things, or people who give precedence to worldly things over faith, you could easily, as easy, do that. You'd be a victim of that if you are rich or poor. For example, there are poor people, again, who maybe due to their circumstances. I shouldn't say poor people, those who are less fortunate, maybe due to their circumstances, majority of them do turn to God. Mm. But there are those also who don't turn to God, mm. who turn to crime. Yeah. In the same way that there are probably wealthy people that instead of being thankful and helping the poor, are very much greedy and just think about themselves and then slowly just go away from religion. So the element of giving precedence to the world over uh, faith can happen in any any scenario. I just feel that it's it's again down to your upbringing and this is where i say as parents is so important it's not to understand as parents that money is not the be all and end all of everything it's not true happiness yes it might play a key in how you p- pursue happiness hmm. but it doesn't equal happiness happiness is where you know you fulfilled everyone's rights and you've done your best because children they do understand but they don't forget there are parents who have never been present in their children's life or there are parents who have had a very toxic relationship and they've split and when their kids get older there comes a time in their, their life where they feel that they need a connection with the father, mother, whoever it's too late then it's too late but yeah exactly because when you can reconnect with them mm. the first emotion that hits you is I wasted so many years that's right so it's that that's the reality that sometimes it's what we think's best mm. no it's what what is best and what the child thinks best is that they just need a fatherly figure a motherly figure at home Islam puts a real balance in every part of life I think uh, that's something um, I'm sure we will come back to later on in, 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 in another program because I think there's a there's a topic to be had and discussed and, and spoken about quite frankly the, the relationship between parents and children yeah. especially father and sons um, and, and I'm sure um, you know we, we will come back to it in a few weeks time and and discuss this. Maybe have some fathers and sons. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, you know, collectively. I see your and, father every day, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> and I always think you're listening to Saturday morning life. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm about to say. Yeah. I see your dad every morning at the morning prayer. That's right. And um, well, he, he lives next to the mosque. That's not it. So. <laughs> you know what? Our next list- question is going to be. You're, you're listening to Saturday morning live. <laughs> With myself, Kuyu, and Brother Isman, we're going to take a very quick break. Where I tell Kuyu off. That's right. And uh, <laughs> we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about writing that uh, 
has happened in Leicester. If you want to give us a call and, and contribute, it's 0208-687-7878, or you can join us on our social media platform platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Um, join me after some quick messages. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. of Islam Radio. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayyum, and Brother Usman. And we have with us, um, who we got with us? Brother Mudabbar Khalid on the line, who wants to share his thoughts. Mudabbar, Assalamualaikum, how are you? Peace be upon you, brother. Waalaikum, Assalam, peace be upon yourselves as well. Alhamdulillah, I'm okay, Usman, but how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, so I just want to make a quick comment. Uh, I don't. Uh, I've been listening intermittently. Um, I'm on my way down to London, and uh, I think you mentioned a point recently about um, how parents shouldn't give importance to money. Uh, literally, just in the last maybe five minutes or so. And I just want to make a comment on that quickly. That I think what happens sometimes, and it's not. It's not. It's not uh, by any means any fault of the parents. And I think it's partially something that's happened to me as well is that you know when parents struggle and now more parents are struggling because as you mm. guys mentioned the first hour cost of living etc when like the child wants something naturally they're going to want something they're going to go to shopping with the parents they're going to see stuff or they're going to see their peers and their uh, fellow students and stuff and they're going to see that they have things or they're doing things and then when they say the same to their parents the parents say we can't we don't yeah. have the money yeah. And the more they say that, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this already, but the more they say that, it kind of instills in the child that, you know what, money is something important. If I need to do these things that I want, if I, if I want to enjoy these things that my peers are enjoying, if I see something nice flashing in the shops and I want it, I need to have money. So they grow up with this idea that, okay, if I want to do all the nice things in life or if I want to, if I want, if I want to enjoy life, then I have to have money. And again, there's no fault of the parents. For parents, obviously, it's their concern that, oh, I want my child to enjoy their, enjoy um, life. I want to fulfill their request, but I don't have the money. And they don't think that that's going to affect the child when they say that. Like, uh, I, and it was only after speaking to one of my other family members that I thought, you know what, actually kind of makes sense. And I, I think it's very subconscious that this happens 
and like I said, it's by no fault, um, by no means fault of the parents because they don't think that, oh, by me saying this to the child, they're going to think, oh, I'm going to have to have money in the future um, for them to enjoy life. But I think, uh, yeah, it's something that does happen very subtly, but yeah, I think it does. So I think the alternative to that or a solution to that is for parents to kind of think, okay, my child wants this, maybe I don't have the means to do this, but let me find an alternative and not let them think that, okay, we're too poor, we're not oh, we're not that well off to satisfy their current desires. Madame, Madame, I don't know, that's, that's my idea. What do you think? Uh, Madame, I, I agree with you. I, I think there are unseen pressures that parents get put on to them, but I, I'm not saying, and I agree with you, it's no one's fault. Yeah. But do you not think that parents need to be more in touch with the world that their child is coming from? Because I seem to think there's a big void there. That's where the disconnect happens, where parents um, are not aware of the world their child is coming from. Yeah, of course, of course, I 100% agree. And, you know, the world is changing so rapidly yep. that I've got a son now who's six months. And by the time he's maybe... 14, 15 and going through some of the issues that I went through what I was 14, 15 it might be complete the, the issues might be completely different um, so yeah the world is changing rapidly but I mean that's kind of aside from my point that we kind of um, as parents they uh, subconsciously or they by they not meaning to they instill in a child that money is something important but yeah you're right you're completely right that the, the world is changing rapidly and I think it is up to parents to be more in tune with what is going on in the child's world I, but I mean they're, they're sort of living in their own world as well so it's hard to kind of find that connect I think one thing um, again me, so me and Madabaras are really good friends but we're similar age mm. and we've come from kind of our parents migrating to this country not knowing the language them working two three jobs um to provide a better living so we've witnessed that but i feel it comes down to again communication mm. that yes yeah. it's not wrong to say we can't afford this or no we can't have see, this see, that's the key but it's it's the follow-up to that yeah that yeah. is it just that's the conversation and that's it yeah it, it, there's it, no okay better okay because i know some son. parents son, uh, son sorry yeah i know some parents and i've seen it like my my um with my niece that the parents when she wants something they, their first reaction is okay uh, daughter or biddy mm. pray to God yeah. pray and uh, inshallah God will provide well, yeah I mean th- this is or, small, or why small do you things oh yeah I mean See, again it's uh, again it's a communication issue yeah. this is where when I speak to the youth and ultimately they're like well our parents are just like an ATM hmm. we only go to them when we need something ultimately that's both are at fault that you shouldn't go to him when you need something. Go have a chat with him. But 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 holistically looking, that's where society breaks down, doesn't it? Yeah, and not just society. It's where a family breaks down. Well, a breakdown of a family is a breakdown of society mm. eventually, because it's all it's all ripple effect, isn't it? Mm. But th- this is what I'm saying, though. Again, it comes to communication. Mm. It comes to observing okay. the rights I'm, I'm of gonna, one another. I agree with everything what you and Mother are saying, but then I'm of a generation who is who have children of well, both of you guys' ages. Hmm. Is the responsibility, sorry, is the responsibility solely sitting with the parent or there's an element of maybe responsibility with the, with, with the youth? No, because not every child reacts in the same manner either. Hmm. I'm saying there might be some children who react in the way that, okay, I need money. Hmm. There might be some other other parents who react in a way that say, oh, 
I need to help. So, it, I mean, different children react in different ways. Not yeah, everyone. The question is more about like, okay, how do you bridge? Who 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 puts the first step forward in bridging the gap between the parents and the child? And I think personally, I think initially it should come from the parents because the child is not maybe mature enough or doesn't have the understanding enough that you know they they have to build this relationship mm. it's only when the child grows up maybe when they're 17 18 and they start becoming a bit more mature that they think okay you know what i need to have a relationship with my parents at least have a better relationship than one that i've had already how do i do that but i think initially it's the parent that needs to take that first step forward because they literally parents are everything to the children yeah everything the parents come everything a child comes with initially is about is is, is down to the parents yeah all, all their behaviors everything their moral their, their morale um the character everything comes down to the, the parents so it's the parents that i believe personally mm. that have to take that initial step and then the children when they're older can take that step further and mm. to try and do it Madabra, thank you so much for calling in. We're just going to go to Lovely. our next caller. We've got a couple of callers waiting on the line. We're going to try to go through all of you. Good morning. Welcome. Salaam Peace be on you. Assalamualaikum. Islam. Is that Dania? This is. Hi, Dania. What would you like to say? How would you like to contribute? Um, I think I was just uh, we were listening into the radio, my husband and I, and, you know, we were just agreeing with uh, what Madhubar Bhai was just saying on the radio as well that you know as parents sometimes we do and our parents have said these things and we hear other parents around us um, saying that you know we don't have the money for this or we can't do this because we don't have X and I think what I wanted to say was that it's up to us as parents now because you know Alhamdulillah I have two children as well but to really kind of be mindful and conscious of what we say to our children and how we say it and that can really kind of change the tone of, you know, okay, you know, we might not have the money for something, but actually instead of saying to our child, we don't have the money for this, mm. telling them, you know, why we can't get it right now, or, you know, you have X, or kind of diverting their attention. And I think the other point I would like to say um, is that what Madhavi was saying that, you know, about us having as parents making these steps to have that relationship with our children first, I think is also really important because you only have those first few years of their kind of life where they are under your influence completely, you know, and then at some point they end up going nursery and school and then they're out in the open. Can I, in those forms, yeah. Can I ask from your experience as a mother, what age do you feel that they are now in need of an explanation? For anything. Uh, you know what? My oldest is only a year and a half, but he already needs an explanation. Because no. sometimes when I'm telling him, no, you can't have this, I will give him the reasoning. Whether he understands it or not, sometimes I feel like he don't he completely understands what I've said. Yeah. And if I say, no, Marwan, you can't have this because mama can't pick you up right now. She has to pick up your brother. Mm-hmm. He will just say, okay. And then... He'll back up. And and one um, of a, one of a question: How important does religion and faith play a role in kind of finding the solution to the, what we're talking about today? In terms of explaining that no, you should pray, or maybe we can't. We should need to mean. I mean, explaining I, to a four-year-old or three-year-old must be really difficult. That we need to live within our means. So how how how, how does that play a role in this? Um, I think it's. 
I think it is very important and I think for children we have to kind of simplify things. But if we don't start explaining them the religion and faith and what it means and what it means to live without means yep. from early on, you know, by the time they're four and five and they go into school, they already learn about Easter, they'll learn about Christmas. So why are we not? Why would we be so hesitant to teach our children about our own faith and actually what it means? And I think it's just finding the language that children will understand and using that rather than not even kind of approaching the subject. See, I, I agree with everything what you guys are saying. I mean, I'm a dinosaur here, so I have children of your ages. So <laughs> a, child, a child is a product of the environment is being brought up in and will understand mm. that environment. Mm. So this is where, from an Islamic perspective, as a religion or a way of life, a child will do what they see the parents do, not what they say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's, and, a, that's actually agree, quite powerful. And that's um, the key. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, Estania. just like your example of like, you know, a child will see and, you know, they'll do what you do. Yeah. I completely agree because my husband took our son, so 16 months old, to the mosque yesterday and he was really worried that oh he's going to run around and he's going to make a lot of noise but actually he did he, he came home and he told me he just stood there with his arms crossed yep. the entire time right next to me didn't make a noise and just prayed with me so it, i think you're very much right we have to lead by example not by words wonderful tanya uh, thank you so much for taking time out and calling us this morning uh, please do call again um, and uh, we wish you, we wish you a fantastic day ahead. May peace be with you. You as well. Assalamualaikum. Let's go on to our next caller. We have with us. Uh, who have we got with us? We've got Imam Faiz Nasser. Good afternoon. Good morning. Uh, welcome, Assalamualaikum. Peace be on you, brother Faiz. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. How are you? Always good. Always good to hear from you. How are you, brother? Good to hear from you too as well. I've been I've been actually listening to you guys for the past. Uh, 45 minutes and uh, I actually messaged you both that you're doing an absolute amazing program Thank you so and much. the discussion is very good so um, please, that's why please we would, we would love to hear we, we would love to again. We, we would love to hear what your perspective is um, again <laughs> like like uh, brother Usman you are you, you are actively involved within the community and and uh, as a youth leader and as a leader generally from from for, for, for all ages what's your take on this look the way I look at the current topic that you're discussing is that in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty says, Now, there's two or three you know, aspects or angles that I want to tackle this from. This is a prayer uh, you know, which children are usually thought, and it means that, Oh, my Lord, have mercy on them, or, or, to my parents, on my parents, because they had mercy on me when I was a child. Right? So when we talk about God, we you know we say that god is merciful god is loving god takes care of you god listens to your prayers god answers your calls but in this verse of the holy quran the the word which has been used for parents is also rub which means a master a lord a god someone who's superior to you uh, and that the same word rub we also use for god so that means that upon parents there's a huge responsibility uh, you know to play the role of 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 a rub towards their children to be kind to them to be merciful to them when they reach out to them they realistically have to understand and listen to what they have to say and come come up with a 
you know, a possible solution. And in the same way, if, uh, you know, the, the parents have, have the right, um, you know, they have this duty to make sure that they play the role of a rub towards their children, because their children are then, you know, just the way we look up to God and we expect his mercy, just the way we expect God to be, you know, loving and caring towards us, just the way we expect him to be, um, you know, forgiving and let us go whenever we make a mistake. In the same way, then parents, when, when those children come uh, to, to the parents uh, or they reach out to the parents, then the, in the same way, the, the parents have to show that same care, love, forgiveness uh, towards their children. And if, they, if, we, if we manage to do that in this society, then I think, uh, you know, parents will, then we can, you know, confidently say that parents are not just ATM machines. Yeah. Rather, children will be able to reach out to their parents because they will be confident in the fact that when I go to my dad, or when I go yeah. to my mom, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna find a solution to my problem. My dad's gonna be there for me, yeah. and I, it's not just when I need money, I reach out to him. In yeah. fact, if I have any sort of issue, I can reach out to my dad. It's so this is a beautiful prayer that yeah. we find in the Holy Quran, and 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 if you look, if you know, if you just ponder upon this for a while, you understand that parents actually have a huge responsibility towards their children, yeah. and the the expectations of the children they need to be met. And in the same way, in the same way, sorry, I keep cutting. No, 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 you, no, no, in the sorry, same way, me. in the same way, um, children have the responsibility as well. Because if we're saying that parents are rub, then there's a huge you know, level of respect, uh, kindness, love that needs to be shown to the parents as well. And if the parents are expecting something from you, or they've given you, uh, you know, some an instruction, then it should also be taken in the same way that you know as we take. The commandments from Allah the Almighty. Two, two Obviously, the there is no yeah. Two points. One is uh, it's interesting because it came to my mind when you were speaking. You know, from a religious point, from Islamic point of view, we're encouraged. A parent is encouraged to start or to kind of instill the habit of prayer from the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after, by the age of ten, if you need to be a bit strict, be strict. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was comparing the injunction of prayer to earning. Mm-hmm. So you're from a very young age, seven. In fact, sometimes, the, you know, like as a parent, you'd be like, you want your child's first word to be Allah, God, Khalifa, whatever it may be. No one ever says, you need to start earning. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just compare the two in, in what, at what age of our lives are we being told to do what? Mm. Prayer mm. comes first. Earning comes when you are mature. That's one thought came to mind. Second is that, you know, it's, it's interesting because we mentioned before that parents feel, I don't want my children to financially struggle in the way that I did. And then that child from the opposite end will feel when he becomes a parent, I don't want my child to have the same experience with my dad that I had. Okay, that, as I said, I'm the dinosaur. That notion, <laughs> that notion, that notion that I... That's actually a natural phenomenon for any parent to say, I mm. would like my child to have a better life than me. And that's open to interpretation no, of what I'm that not means. About better life. No, no. I know what you mean. I know where you're coming mm. from. I, I, I kind of want to also tackle this one thing that we, we're, we're talking about the responsibility of parents. And I listen to, to, to Brother Faiz. But I can tend to find that there is a lot of fear that parents have which they can't find solutions to when they are communicating with the youth and so this is why i asked you brother usman that yeah. 
as much as there is a huge responsibility and the way I mean and I'm, I love it the way brother Faiz talked about the responsibility and it is it's, it's not just a choice it mm. is the responsibility of the parent to ensure that they are the parent mm. but at the moment sometimes I feel the children have taken over the parenting the children are running the show because the parents have too much fear that if they were to kind of, let's say, example of what we have been talking about, you can't have this because we can't afford it. The child's going to say, okay, I'll find my own means to go and find this. And the, and the parent gets worried that, oh, God, instead of them going and doing something maybe, um, you know, um, wrong to attain something, I will go find where, where does that sit within I, the communication? I because that's the reality I in feel, today's society. I feel that, other, and Faz, you can jump in as well, but I feel that, look, our parents come from a society mm-hmm. where our Islamic culture, mm-hmm. everyone's doing it. Yep. There is Islamic culture, yeah? Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing it. We know what's right, what's wrong. Yep. Um, and it's understood. So if the parents say, no, you're not allowed to do this, mm they kind of don't need to explain because they'll get that explanation outside as well because everyone's not doing it. Mm-hmm. In the society we live in, mm-hmm. at home you're telling your child something. Mm-hmm. As soon as they step outside the door, the whole world or society is telling mm. them something else. Yeah. Yeah. So in that society, where our parents are from, it might be enough to say no because okay. you understand. Sure. And you, you, if you don't understand my no, when you go to school, the teacher will tell you the same thing. The doctor will tell you the same thing. Your friend should be doing the same thing. Here, it's so different. It's like, why can't you drink? Mm. Why can't you do this? The whole world is doing it. Mm-hmm. So here, it's again, it's understanding your society, understanding the needs that your child, the needs of your child to help him understand that this is what our religions means to us. This is what the world will tell you. This is what God is telling. It's, it's down to you to, like you said, lead by example. Brother Faiz, you mentioned parenting. To what extent parent can use his parenting skills? Where does punishment and reward come into this? And, and, and you know, is punishment and reward part and parts and parcel of, of, of parenting? Yeah, definitely. It's part of it. But the thing is, you have to, there's a very fine line, right? Um, if if I say if I was your boss at work mm-hmm. and I'm constantly you know being strict on you and no you haven't done this you haven't done that you know keep on disappointing you in terms as a boss mm-hmm. then you're not gonna like me you're not gonna you're not gonna want to work for me I'm not making work fun for you in the same way if a parent is constantly oh you can't do this you can't do that you know just 24 hours on the case of the child then the child is automatically gonna drift away right mm-hmm. but as far as if you treat them like friends. And you have, fine, you know, the thing is, God has made you a parent, right? And nobody's going to take that away from you. But that's not something that you have to keep constantly reminding your child that I am your parent, I am superior to you, I am above you, right? Mm. You can do that on a friendly level as well. Now, say if me and you were, like, if I was your boss at work, and I'll I'll give you a promotion, you know, I'll tell you, oh, you've done really well, excellent job, Uh, come to my house for dinner, or let's go out for food, or something like that. Uh, you know, it will change the whole dynamic. And if we treat our children in the same way, oh, you've done well, or you haven't, you haven't done well here, but this is how you could improve, then the child would automatically feel a connection, right? I and hope that I, I hope my children are listening. All the dinners for the next couple of years are yours. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the same way, if if a child needs needs to be punished, for example, if if a child has done a silly thing at school, 
and and and, and they call you in or they they call they you know they call your phone and tell you what he's up to or what he's done look like fine if he's like done something which is you know above border then maybe you can uh, give him you know what's it called um uh, house arrest or something like that and not letting him out to go play with his friends etc etc but it shouldn't be like a punishment should be where a child learns a lesson from the punishment a punishment shouldn't be where you abuse or uh, physically or verbally or you know mentally abuse a child and then you, you know yeah. you, you've taken one step forward but you've taken 50 steps uh, backwards that's that's where you know, and you know, there was a time where you know our parents are from the from the uh, generation where yeah no where where beating was a normal thing, but in this day and age, especially in this in in in, in, in Europe or America or in London or where we're you know in these the the, the first world countries, that's that's a no no. And because the thing is, in school, they're they're very polite to you, the children. The, well, uh, Islamically, it's a no-no as well, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. just not from just the no, Western it's, perspective. It's a no-no. It shouldn't. That shouldn't be part of the picture, anyway. I'm just I just mentioned mm. it because that's something our parents went through. Sure. And for them, if you ever if you were ever beaten at home, it's only because they were beaten as children, and it was a normal thing at that time. But now, you know like Usman said we all grew up here we know how the mentality of the next generation works and it's all about being having reasons you know reasoning with the child you could you can do this because because this is good for you you can't do this because these are the one two three negative outcomes of if you do this right so it's all about reasoning and if you speak to your children if you love them and if you really want them to do then you would definitely support them and you know they find a lot of support but then Usman definitely agree to Osman's point that you can all um, talk about this for hours and hours and hours but as soon as the child steps out he, he sees a completely different picture yeah. so that's where you have to sort of find the balance in you know you have to tell them from both angles that this is what I'm telling you outside you're going to see this but this is what Allah, Allah says or this is what Islam's teaching is and Islam's teaching is so beautiful from every aspect, every corner, that it will make sense to children if you explain to them in the right way. That's why, you know, MT is focusing on uh, making new children's programs to tackle these issues, um, you know, from every step of the society to make sure that the next generation finds, uh, you know, answers to their questions. And every, you know, the way we have five different fingers in our, on our hand, every child thinks differently. Every child behaves differently, Bro and it's for us to make sure that we cater for their needs. Brother Faiz, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here. Um, I know that uh, you you talked about programs, and I kind of want to give you the plug to let our That's listener exactly know about. That's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, let our listener know about the, the on the program that uh, has uh, your name all over it. Uh, please let our listener know about the the the, the program that I'm referring to. Yes, please. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that, it's, 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 it's again, you know, the thing is we have to uh, know what, what we, who we believe and the, the founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi what sort of man he was, what sort of qualities he had, uh, you know, some, all the hardship that he went through. We can't, we, can't believe, we, we can't be true believers of somebody without fully comprehending or fully understanding what the person was like, who the person was, what he did in his life. Just saying, I'm a Muslim, it's just not enough. You need to have love 
for for the Holy Prophet So just about a couple of years ago, there was an idea, um, and which was which was actually Hazur Hazur Enver's idea to to make a TV series on on the life uh, of the Holy Prophet And um, uh, so about a year ago, or just a bit long, a little longer than that, we started working on this series. Um, uh, and we started from the pre-Islamic Arabia. Uh, in season one, we have ten episodes, and we've covered from pre-Islamic Arabia to the time where the Holy Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina. So the whole journey has been covered into ten episodes. Um, and and, every and week, how can people uh, access that uh, those uh, those episodes? Yeah, so they they can go to MT Online One YouTube channel. They can go to um, MT Africa Facebook channel, or they can go to MT Africa YouTube channel. They are all available. So they're coming out on weekly basis, but at the moment, the first two episodes are available on demand. You can watch it on the um, MTA TV app, um, and they're also broadcasting on all eight uh, MTA international TV channels. Which and what channel? What channel number? That's Sky number. And that I'm not too sure of. I usually just watch it on. Will it be on Sky seven three one? It's 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 definitely going to be on Sky um, because that's MTA One World yep. and it's uh, it's playing every Monday. Uh, so every new episode is coming out every Monday six thirty GMT. So everyone is most welcome to tune in. If you missed the first two episodes, you can definitely go on our YouTube channel MTA Online One or MTA Africa. Both channels, um, both both platforms have the first two channels, uh, first two episodes available and. It's a beautiful, beautiful series because, you know, we've tried to bring in interactive maps and uh, family trees. You know, we've tried to make it as dynamic as possible because, you know, studio programs can be um, somewhat boring sometimes. So we've tried to make it as interactive as possible to make sure that uh, everyone who, who's, who sort of goes on this epic journey with us, they, they, they can learn and they can teach their children. Uh, it's, it's very simple. There's no hard language. It's it's, it's 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 layman's terms, so you can even get your children to watch. Um, it's absolutely, uh, you know, it's a it's a who who it's a, it's it's a brand new thing. So um, I mean, I'm not going to keep going on about it. I want people to watch it and then maybe give us the feedback of what they thought of it and uh, maybe something they've learned. And you can always send in your messages and your um, questions as well if you have any. Uh, and then maybe because what we've done in the first season is we had questions from all over the world. Um, and those questions were then answered in in, in, in in the series as well. Faiz, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. God bless you. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Peace be on you. Peace be on you. I know, I know you eagerly want to move on, but I just want to mention a couple of things. Um, yeah, go for it, brother. It's because you, cause we touched upon it. One is that thing about beating your child. Oh, and yeah, it's, what, yeah. it's what you mentioned That's as well right, yes. because it's actually the founder of our community Hazrat Mizagullah Muhammad the promised messiah mentioned that beating your child is there is no element of where you can say it's the right thing to do it's wrong in fact he says those who do you know do, the reason I mentioned it yeah. because <clears throat> Brother Fai's kind of alluded to it as well yeah. that our parents come from a culture yeah. That and it's true. It was normal. Right. Yeah, it but was. It's actually a culture around the world of a certain generation yeah, where yeah, yeah. Uh, beating a child or hitting a child was considered norm. And what what Fire said was absolutely right. It's, yeah. it's, they do that because that's what they've experienced. That's right. But the promised Messiah states that you shouldn't beat your children because what you're doing is you're ultimately putting the fear of yourself in them. That's right. And that's in accordance to. Um, Associating partners with God, shirk is the term. Because by doing that act, 
you're putting the fear of yourself in that child and what we should be putting in that child is the fear and love of god god yeah. so it's interesting because we mentioned like punishment as well that punishment ultimately in islam the philosophy behind punishment is reformation and ultimately if that reformation can come through forgiveness then that forgiveness is always given priority over punishment mm. but again if you study the holy quran you have to understand like faiz mentioned like you have five fingers on one hand which indicates that each finger is different each of your children might be different god states in some in if you study human nature some people will do the right thing because they're sincere they know this mm. is the right thing to do some people do it out of wanting a reward mm. if i do it i'll get a reward some people do it out of fear of punishment if i don't do it i might get fired mm. it's the same with good deeds and bad deeds some people have that level of righteousness they know that no this is right i need to do it this is wrong i can't do it regardless if people are watching me or not watching me god is watching me you see um, the fourth caliph of the amli muslim community azam is atahir ahmed may allah have mercy on us all always just say when you teach your children don't teach them that god will come and punish you he says teach them that god will stop loving you absolutely and when we But, mean fear that's what we mean that exactly yeah. that that is fear of god it's not Disappointment. The, the fear is exactly mm. the fear isn't that someone's going to come and punish you yeah. and you're going to be in trouble in that way it's like if god stops loving you and you always just say well would you want your parents to stop loving you and the answer of course is no he goes well that's just your parents what can god almighty here yeah so that, that you know flip the coin it's look at it from a positive perspective if there mm. is that element of mm. if one understands what i'm talking about yeah. here that it's not the punishment that you should promote but it's the loss of yeah loving ultimately when you love your when you have a loving and sincere relationship with your family mm. i'm just saying regardless what they put you through yeah you don't go away from them that's right and the biggest punishment they can give you is saying i'm disappointed in you yeah and I, and i you know what you've lo- lost my trust stop that thought there we're coming up to 11:55 going on to number 56 the last 5 minutes sports i know you're dying to talk about mr no, roger federer i'm not dying so, i just i just want, i just wanted you to appreciate who um, like you mentioned who the goat is yeah uh, what, <laughs> what you you want me to talk about uh, what what's his name no no i'm not talking about federer's student are you talking about you talking about nadal here no no i'm not talking the about goat. federer's uh, number 2 federer's <laughs> number 2 no it's just uh, he he is a once in a lifetime player i need to make an apology um to all of our listeners because i know there were some um, we we had uh, yeah. we had we we uh, had planned to talk about the riots in leicester which uh, were between india and pakistan and it's something we will come back and talk to again yeah. because it's an important it's it's actually very important uh, topic um where writing was done based um on, on between groups with with extreme perspectives and mindsets yeah. um but because of the importance of the topic we were talking about we felt it necessary to kind of expand on it so my apologies to people um um that uh, who who are expecting that and we will come yeah. back to it no um, we'll definitely come back to that topic it's an important topic as well uh, and i think it's important because we understand what islam teaches from the I mean obviously we can cover the story mm. but from an Islamic point of view when you're subject to any sort of difficulty you know like Faiz said what was the practice of the holy prophet may peace be on him there's no one that went through more difficulty than him um and there's this one one verse of the Quran that always kind of when I was watching these things it came to mind and uh, God almighty states and let not a people people's enmity incite you to act otherwise than with justice mm. 
Um, and there's one example that comes to my mind that in, in the beginning, before the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, migrated to Medina, they were facing a lot of persecution. In fact, some were some of the companions were martyred as well. And I remember there's an incident where the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, is resting, uh, I think, with his back on uh, on a stone. And a companion came to him and said, Oh, Prophet, let us retaliate. We're maybe less in numbers, but we can retaliate and we can really kind of leave our mark and make sure that this persecution stops. And the Prophet, may peace be upon him, gave us such a beautiful response. And he said that, listen, if you think that what we're going through is suffering, think about those who came before us. And he gave examples that this is how they suffered. And this is how they suffered, but this is how God showed them victory. So that's, I know it's like really, we only, we've mentioned it a couple of minutes, but again, by no means are we justifying anyone that, you know, by you're allowed to act in an unjust way or you can do what you want. Of course, that's why we have a law and the law tries its best to make sure uh, everyone is safe and protect everyone's rights. But as a Muslim, our, what is our reaction? It should always be one where we are just. Wonderful. We've only got uh, a minute or so, and uh, yes, I do agree with you. I'm not going to take that away from you. Roger Federer is a great player, and yeah. I think I think this generation of players, uh, it's been a very for 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 a very long time. Um, people like Djokovic, Nadal, mm. Federer. It, it will be a long time yeah. since you know where, where you will get this kind of caliber of players yeah. coming together and taking yeah. the sport to another level. Um, so yes, um, it's just one. The point I wanted to make, we got got a minute, mm. and I, it's just like like when you watch Djokovic, mm. amazing. Yeah, um, but it's like he's he's putting the work to be that amazing. He's, if that makes sense, I find it uh, not in a bad way, but he's very robotic. His machine, exactly. He's a yeah. machine. Yeah, like he's been created that way yeah. to play. He's very right. kind of do this, do that. Whereas Federer is so effortless. Exactly, but that, with Nadal, yeah, you can't help. Sakes. You can't help, but the way he think, plays, you can't help you can't, but support you, him. You can't help think that this is the second best player <laughs> I've seen. We will agree to disagree. Um, we are coming up to the last few seconds. I just want to thank all of our guests and callers who took time out and gave us a call. Thank you to Brother Usman. Thank you to Brother Adil. Thank you to uh, um, Brother Akib in in uh, in our engineer. Uh, thank you to all of you for listening. Um, please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Please remember us in your prayers. Until we meet again, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.